Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have eye-opening conversations with all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all you first-time and newer listeners. Really glad you're here and hope you're having a good day. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. And really quick, if you're looking for a good gift idea or decoration ideas for your home, Head over to HealthyTango.com. I've created some original Tango art, and you can order prints of some of the pieces I've created. They can be transferred onto art paper or canvas. They can also be framed if you like. So head on over to HealthyTango.com and have a look. All right, my guest today is a Tango dancer, instructor, and performer based in New York City. She's a classically trained ballet dancer and small business owner. She is the proprietor of Cumparcita, where she designs her own tango clothing and accessories, but she also has many other exciting projects in the pipeline. And with me now from New York is Dagny Miller. Dagny, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So you are a tango dancer, instructor, performer. Uh, also a small business owner. Definitely want to get to a lot of that. But first, your your tango journey. How did how did you discover Argentine tango? Uh, well, it was completely unexpected, and that's something I love about tango. Everyone has a different story of how they yeah. how they get into it. Uh, I have a background as a ballet dancer, and so that was my frame of reference as I was approaching tango. But it was it was sort of an unconventional way. I was working in a research lab in my senior year of high school instead Mm. of doing gym classes. And (laughs) funny enough, uh, New York State requires four years of gym. And so I was like, oh, great. I have to do something outside of school to get these hours in uh, to appease the state. And my friend found a Groupon and asked me if I wanted to go to some tango classes. And I was like, okay, (laughs) that sounds cool. Let's do it. I need to get these hours signed off. And um and yeah, I was hooked because I was um, continuing to do ballet uh, on a, not a professional level, just mm-hmm. uh, sort of for myself. I was training when I was much younger to become a professional dancer, training you know almost every single day of the week. Um, but I gave sort of that aspect of my life up, trying to you know use my brain. Went to an engineering high school, did pre med for college, but of mm-hmm. course. You can take the girl out of ballet, but you can't take the ballet out of the girl. So <laughs> when I found tango, it was so interesting to see something so difficult mentally for me. Uh, mm. It be so much more physically easy than what uh-huh. I was used to with ballet. And so for me, that was the switch. I was like, I get to be friends with people in class and talk to them and still dance, yet not have to have my foot over my head. It was fantastic. <laughs> and so pretty soon after I found ballet, and this is you know, seven or eight years ago, I was completely hooked and I haven't mm. stopped since. Nice. <laughs> nice. What was that very first lesson like? Do you remember? Very first lesson. It was funny because there was a bunch of high school students in this group on. Uh, some of my friends came with me. I managed to rope in. Um, But we were all just really nervous. I was super nervous because I've never done anything else like that in my entire Mm -hmm. life. And, you know, tango is kind of intimidating with the imagery that we have. And I was I was probably pretty nervous, but I'm glad that I can't remember probably how terrified (laughs) I was with all these adults. And I had Anais Haven as my teacher. She's from New York Mm -hmm. City and she's an absolute dynamite of a tiny petite woman and so her personality just shines so bright and I was probably pretty intimidated but Mm -hmm. um, I clearly loved it enough to stick with it. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, there are a lot of people who, who have had ballet backgrounds who uh, make you know the journey into Argentine tango. Now, now there are a lot of um, you know mixed reactions to this next question. But did you find your ballet background to be an advantage at all for you in learning tango? I would say both an advantage and a disadvantage, mm. but probably more so an advantage because I had body awareness. I think that was the biggest thing. I know where my body is, which is kind of a funny thing to say, but I, mm -hmm. what I experienced with some of my students is I tell them, oh, do you know where your foot is on the floor? And they actually have to look down to see where their foot is specifically. And so I think the advantage of having body awareness, mm -hmm. even with some quote unquote bad habits from ballet, it was still yeah. way more helpful than it has been hindering. But I did carry over and it took a long time and still probably have some habits from ballet that aren't quite tango centric. but. <laughs> Again, I would no doubt the tango, the ballet background has helped my tango. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, speaking of uh, of bad habits, I mean, we all sometimes work on bad habits in, in tango. So what were some of the bad habits that you had in Argentine tango and how did you uh, get over them? Bad habits. Hmm. <laughs> I think when I started out, and this is especially from the ballet background, I was really mm. stiff. I was really holding my posture in not the correct tango way, very <laughs> ballet centric, uh, super straight up and down. Uh, my arm was super stiff uh, and it took a very long time to learn how to breathe properly, which is something now that I super, super emphasize. Mm -hmm. But part of ballet training is to make everything look so perfect and easy. And you're not holding your breath, but you're not really using the breath in a way that's assistive and yeah. like in some other forms of movement and so I think I was just besides being incredibly nervous always holding a very stiff and rigid frame and it took me a very long time to sort of ease into a partner dance because again yeah. the ballet was a very solo act and so learning to let go relax and just breathe with a partner was was quite difficult at the beginning yeah yeah, yeah. breathing is super important mm -hmm. yeah so you love tango enough to actually start teaching it as well so yeah. can you tell us a little bit about your your teaching journey um, I think it was unexpected, yet has been <laughs> incredibly delightful. I, like I said, I've been doing dance my entire life, and my mother was a dancer herself. My father also danced, but mm. she's now a nurse, and my dad's a graphic designer. So I've always had a very sort of wide view of career possibilities, which I've been very thankful for, and sort of incorporated everything into my life. And so I was sort of told, you know, nursing as a Filipino, like nursing is a very safe <laughs> career option. You should go, yeah. you know, through the medical field. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Let me use my brain to, to further my career. And so I never really thought about teaching tango until I got so deep into it that I, I didn't really see another option. I was like, this, <laughs> this is the joy and this is the thing that I want to share and do and mm -hmm. sort of treat health in this unique way of connecting people to other people and helping them along this journey of their own self-discovery of their own health and a lot of the stuff that i do teach when i when i'm doing especially privates is alignment based and i do use okay. my background of anatomy of ballet and other martial arts an understanding of movement in order to assist them so that they're actually healthy dancers mm. so i've sort of found a niche i've also healed myself after a really major ankle surgery that I was not supposed to really be walking after. Oh, okay. um, and so I've really incorporated a lot of my own experiences into helping mm. 
healthy tango dancers. And that's really important for me. And it's sort of been my, my mission. And I feel incredibly fulfilled when I am able to help people, especially injured people overcome that and continue to enjoy doing tango because an injury, you know, for a dancer could be career, career ending, social, (laughs) social dancing ending. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You said something earlier that was really, that was really interesting that, you know, we have the, sometimes this intimidating image of tango in our minds. And of course, you know, learning tango in New York, that's, that's actually where I started and it was like, super intimidating. But as a teacher, how do you um, help students deal with that intimidation factor? Because some students can't get over that, but if they can get over it, we have more people to join the community. So. Yeah, I think I'm, I was sort of blissfully unaware of how intimidating New York was until I started traveling around. So yeah. uh, my my advice is usually just breathe and just do it because there's really no better way to get over the fear than practice and doing mm-hmm. and also being gentle with yourself, yeah. you know, recognizing that even the most advanced dancers have started as beginners. And so we, we've all been there. It's not mm-hmm. unusual for you to feel like that. And generally tango is a very welcoming community. And that's why I always encourage them, like, just keep going. I promise you over the hill <laughs> is the reward. If we can get into the top of the mountain, it'll be yeah. so much easier. But I really, I try to remind them of the timeline that if they can just hold out and really get over those fears, it's absolutely worth it. And that's why for me, tango is unique as opposed to not, not to look down on other social dances, but the complexity can also be incredibly intimidating. But for that, the reward is that much greater. Yeah. Yeah. I try to remind them of that. I'm like, it's worth it. It's worth it. Just keep going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what were some experiences either positive or negative that, that really shaped you as a, as a tango dancer? (laughs) Ooh, so many. Yeah. Uh, I think I want to start with the positive because mm-hmm. I, I can't emphasize enough to everyone I meet, which is how I get a lot of people into tango. Um, I'm always just talking about it to everyone, but the, the family that I've created for myself uh, is just, it's, it's just incredible. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting, excuse me, I'm getting emotional because it's so incredibly unique in this modern world to have such an intimate and uh, emotionally deep connection with a a family that you created for yourself. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about tango and has gotten me through any hardship is that I have been blessed to have so many beautiful people in my life, truly the most wonderful people in my life because of this dance that I would have never met because we were all on such different paths that mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine my life without them and without these relationships that we have cultivated. And to the, the physical aspect of it, I think also in the United States, we tend to be more of a cold culture mm-hmm. of, of um, distance. And so, you know, we're not like the Latino community who is much closer and warmer and, and more physical, but mm-hmm. I think it's a really beautiful thing here in the United States to have this sort of safe space where we can have that really beautiful connection with other people that I feel like, you know, uh, sometimes our society is lacking. Um, yeah, so that for me, 100% would be the most amazing, amazing part of it mm-hmm. uh, is just the people and the friends that I've made. But 
on the other spectrum is the incredible pain I've gone through. (laughs) 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 Mostly physically, thank goodness, a little emotionally, because Mm -hmm. we all know that our our friends come, our friends go, and relationships are started and relationships break. Mm -hmm. Uh, So beyond the emotional that's able to be dealt with by the amazing friends I have, I did, like I mentioned earlier, go through an incredibly painful surgery and the recovery time I'm still not better so for me the the pain was excruciating on a scale of one to ten was the ten out of ten I actually didn't know I had a hole in my ankle I wore Mm. over repetitive use through I was doing ballet tango and Krav Maga which is a martial art I was doing that all at the same time and through just the extreme use I had worn a hole that was pretty big and when I finally went to a dance specialist it took many specialists since nobody really Mm. knew what was wrong with me um, that in about two seconds he knew exactly what I had and he Mm. said we need to get you an x-ray and we need to get you into surgery and when he saw the x-ray he's like if you didn't come to me in a in a few weeks it would have been too big to do this particular type of surgery and wow. it would have had to be a much more complicated surgery and I was like oh, mm-hmm. oh my goodness um but i do remember getting out of his office later that day uh, looking at the x-ray and crying because of what mm-hmm. he told me is that i was, I was <laughs> yeah 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 I was, I was not gonna walk yeah. really well anymore mm-hmm. and i wasn't going to dance anymore mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a as a dancer, I don't even remember when I started because I've always been dancing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To to hear that was so incredibly devastating, and you could see how emotional. Yeah. Still, uh, yeah. Still, you know, a couple of years later, that was my entire world crashing down on me that somebody said you couldn't dance. And for mm-hmm. me, dancing was breathing. If I wasn't dancing. I didn't have a purpose to be here. Yeah. (laughs) Not to be dramatic, but that was and is uh, a huge, it it is who I am. And so I was very stubborn. I was like, oh, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to accept this. We're going to be walking and we're going to be dancing. And I don't care (laughs) what the surgeon says, but I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to figure out how to heal. And Mm -hmm. so that had to have been the most incredibly low I ever got in my tango journey because I did have to take time off. I did have to do a lot of physical therapy and I actually had Mm -hmm. sort of uh, a complication in the healing process. Mm -hmm. um, Not to get too graphic, but my cast was on too tight, which completely killed the top of my foot. Oh God! And I won't be much more descriptive than that. Basically, (laughs) I couldn't couldn't bend my foot. Essentially, problem, and so it made the physical therapy much, much more difficult. To the point where my physical therapists were like, "We, we can't negotiate anymore for you to be here. You, we're Mm -hmm. sorry, but we have to stop doing your therapy sessions." And I was like, "What?" Wait, wait, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I still need help, but Mm -hmm. it was also empowering to take my health into my own hands and say, "Okay." you have given me the tools now I just have to do it and rebuild the strength and because I was always a dancer my entire life I was always very conscious of how I was eating Mm -hmm. Uh, also through my you know medical background always conscious of what I was eating and so I really just poured myself into the literature and was able to put myself on a path of 
of healing again to the point where now I'm very happily back in heels and dancing when, yeah. like I said, the prognosis was not so great. It was just mm-hmm. be happy to walk. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So yeah, during that healing process, um, you know, what, can you describe the time when you felt like, Hey, I am getting better and I might just be able to dance again. Like that, that first <laughs> turning point. Um, I, yeah, I was on flats for a very long time and mm. I really wasn't seeing sort of the end of that because it was very difficult to hold myself sort of on like a releve, just on my toes. Um, in the height that tango heels require. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I was okay if I was totally, totally on my toes, so totally up, but that's too high for tango. So yeah. having it sort of that two and a half, three inches was just killing me. I couldn't do it for whatever reason. I couldn't extend my foot. And the biggest leap was in one month, I was working with um, a teacher in New York called uh, Tomas Corbelan. He's not always based in New York, but he right. was here. Um, under normal circumstances, not during these times. <laughs> right. um, he does spend a lot of time in New York. And he was actually helping me with some Reiki sessions. Mm. With my medical background, having somebody tell me to do Reiki to heal my ankle. I was like, what? What's that? You're going to magically fix my ankle. Um, and so I was a little taken aback, but it's, it's sometimes when we get so low and we're so open and willing to try anything that... Yeah we find the thing that works. And so it was just, it was a completely healing process over a month of convincing my body that I intrinsically had the power to heal myself. Mm-hmm. For me, that's what it, that's what happened. And of course, I'm sure other like Reiki practitioners will have <laughs> different opinions on this. Mm-hmm. But what, I, what I, I truly believe comes down to it is, you know, this, this beautiful human helping someone else find it within their own body to be able to heal that and so when i gave myself the permission to heal myself i think that's when i was able to finally make that leap and after months and months of dancing flat in one month i was back to heels because i i was getting at that point so scared i was never going to heal myself that Mm -hmm. when i finally just handed over everything that i believed in my medical book (laughs) and said all right let's have this energy work be Mm. the thing that heals me i completely surrender to my body's natural capabilities and Mm. you know like i said i'm not 100 percent better but i can't deny that in that one month it was like a miracle almost Mm -hmm. because i hadn't seen so much progress in such little time forget progress into heels but Mm -hmm. you know i can't deny the fact that after about a month i was dancing again and whether it was the Reiki or it was the placebo, my intuition, his energy, whatever yeah. the combination of it was, it was very healing energy. And I was able to get myself back onto heels, still being very careful, but mm-hmm. that was that was something incredibly unexpected, but I'm very grateful for. Yeah. So I imagine after, well, you're, like you said, you're still not 100% back, but you're, you're back to dancing. But yeah. I imagine you're... I guess the appreciation for the dance, perhaps for your style of dancing is, is, is taken on a new light, you know, before this injury and after. Oh yeah, for sure. I think what had happened to also contribute to the injury was mm-hmm. I was not paying attention enough to my own body's alignment, which is mm-hmm. kind of funny coming from a ballet dancer, but 
I wasn't appreciating my own personal alignment within the tango posture. And so this is something that I emphasize for my students because mm -hmm. I was seeing dancers that I admire and trying to copy and emulate their stylized dancing. Although it wasn't proper for my body shape, my structure, mm -hmm. uh, I was still trying to emulate that to the point of detriment. And so now with so much of my teaching, I really emphasize you know, there's there's the core technique, but we have to figure out how to incorporate that for your body because everybody has a different body shape mm -hmm. and everybody has a different, you know, physical strength background. So what works for one person might not be the healthiest way to do that for your own body. Mm -hmm. And so really prioritizing the health over, you know, visuals to me is incredibly important for a long and sustained tango life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And then um, I also like what you said earlier about, you know, the, you know, how that, that connection that we also have with, with other people, you know, there's this kind of, a, and I see this in bigger cities like New York, Chicago, where, you know, there is this, you know, there's a bunch of people, but there is this kind of, like you said, a coldness, this sort of impersonal <laughs> way of, of life, but then people are craving that connection. So on the one hand, you get this really intensive, you know, anonymity, but then you get this real intensive intimacy as well with with tango so you get really get those two opposing energies which is which, which can be very interesting to to experience yeah yeah so i want to switch gears a little bit now to uh to this whole covid craziness so how are you managing with uh tango and and covid i was a late adopter to this zoo class phenomenon which is kind of funny considering every tango teacher ever used to say yeah you can't learn tango on youtube and on the computer you have to come to class uh, but now we see as the world has shifted we're all reimagining how we're mm -hmm. teaching so i have been doing a few small groups uh experimental mostly i unfortunately have mostly stopped teaching because of the situation in New York. Um, and I've been taking this time to bolster my YouTube channel. I put out tango videos or tango related or lifestyle yeah. related videos every week. Um, and so that way I'll have sort of evergreen content for my students to always refer back to, which is why I even started it before the pandemic. I just wanted to sort of condense some of my thoughts for a reference, but it's been really tough because we don't really see an end to it. New Yorkers are being very good about the gatherings. And so oh. there's absolutely no longest I know of happening yeah. really. Um, so it's been, it's been unfortunate, but we're a resilient bunch. I know. Yeah. Come back. Yeah, and then when it's finally over, I think the Malangas are just going to be—you're going to get a <laughs> tidal wave of people oh, wanting to boy. dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Um, you are also an entrepreneur. You have your own small business, right? You design um, tango shoes and accessories. I do many, many projects, but That's I think great. You're, you're referring to Kumparsita, which is yes. a tango clothing mm -hmm. uh, company that I started. And of course, our listeners can't see. I'm actually sitting in my sewing room right now. And mm -hmm. so back when we were all traveling for a tango, I was sewing tango clothes and selling them. But I put that on pause right now because mm. we're not we're not traveling unfortunately yeah, so yeah. i can't i can't really do that but i've also taken this time to dive into something else that i really love and it was with the dancer in mind i've, I've started making some balms and some creams that 
I wanted to make for myself to help heal all these cuts and scrapes and muscle aches that I had. Okay. So that's actually the latest project that I'm, I'm rolling out and, okay. you know, so slowly putting out there. But unfortunately, the Tango clothing has to have, uh, has mm -hmm. to be on pause for now. For now. Yeah. There's, there's no events happening, but one day I'm hopeful we'll get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're also a blogger. Uh, I see that you talk a lot about health and food. I mean, the food thing I think is actually kind of important. I mean, for us dancers, a lot of times when people work out, I used to have this attitude like, well, Hey, if I, if I, as long as I work out, I can eat whatever I want, but that's, that's actually uh, not really true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yep. yeah. So, so what are some really bad diet or food choices that we may not realize we're making? I'll try to think of some things that aren't super obvious. Yeah. I don't, I don't really put this out so much, only mm -hmm. really on my YouTube videos, I've mentioned it here and there, but I'm actually a personal chef. That's the daytime job. Yeah. So not only do I love talking about food and writing about food, I do work as a chef. And so mm -hmm. I'm very health conscious there with my clients. I'm always trying to push them so towards more of a healthy diet. A lot of people come to me because they're tired of taking out every single meal. And I've seen more than one pantry with salt, pepper, <laughs> tea, and peanut butter. And so <laughs> there's been some rehabbing of diets happening. And aside from eat less sugar, drink more water, mm -hmm. eat less heavy meats and cheeses, I think figuring out the diet that works for you and your body is important, much more so than whatever the current fad diet is. Mm -hmm. And there's so many options nowadays. You can do keto, you can do vegan, gluten-free, anything. You could, yeah. If you want to find it, you can find it. And I think we get very caught up in trying to figure out what the latest thing is without really examining what makes us feel the best. And so I would really encourage you, if you are not feeling so great with your diet, to do those things that I just mentioned, of course, decrease the sugar, decrease the mm -hmm. processed foods, increase water, decrease mm -hmm. alcohol as just a blanket statement, but then really play around with the foods that make you feel good or bad. You'll, you'll notice over time um, what makes you feel good. And if that doesn't fall in line with what mm -hmm. is the conventional diet of the time, that's okay, as long as you're feeling good. Yeah. Because I feel like that's not really talked about enough. Everything now is extreme this, extreme that. Yeah. And there's really no middle ground for mm -hmm. your body. So I think that's one of the most important things that you can yeah. do for yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, because again, you know, when we adopt a particular diet, it may not be right for our bodies. Yeah. I mean, some people can eat lots of meat, but then some people, some people can't. And yeah, yeah, very good point about not following fads. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it, like you said, is, you know, if you're working out, you think you can eat whatever you want all the time, but <laughs> it's really, it's not true because you, another thing, this is what I really do want to emphasize is that your tastes will change. Even if you don't think you like something, mm -hmm. I promise give it enough time of incorporating the vegetables and decreasing the salt. You'll notice that, oh, wow, I'm actually craving veggies. Our body craves what we put yeah. into it. Yeah. And so I, I lapse. I'm just, I'm human. <laughs> I used to be much more strict than I am, but mm -hmm. when I'm on vacation, you know, I'm eating two slices of cake with no regrets. <laughs> um, once but, in a while. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's okay, once in a while, but as long as you're monitoring it to make sure that that's not every day, yeah. then, you know, you can't use that excuse every day, but I think 
if mm-hmm. everything in moderation is totally fine, but yeah, really yeah. exploring what is best for your body, you'll start craving the good stuff when you incorporate mm-hmm. the good stuff more. Yeah. And plus, yeah, you just start feeling better. I remember like the only, I think the smartest diet decision I ever made was I stopped drinking soda. Oh, um, yes. A long yes, time yes, ago. yes, 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 yes. And that's, Excellent. yeah, that's it. But then I, man, I felt a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more, uh, yeah, I didn't feel so sluggish. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say yeah. eat your calories, don't drink your calories. Very good, very <laughs> that, good point. That's a, a quotable thing right there. But <laughs> I mean, if you want to have, you know, your glass of wine, I'm not saying never, but yeah. there's so much hidden sugar in a lot of the juices and the sodas that it's yeah. really, it, it just shocks your body. Yeah. We've never at any point in history been able to inject so much sugar into our bodies <laughs> exactly. so fast. And it's, mm-hmm. They sort of freak out. So yeah. for not sure. Good for your, not good for your blood vessels. My goodness. But yeah. Everything, <laughs> yeah. everything suffers. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that's really interesting with, with, with Tango and, and other things that we do, it's awesome that you're also a personal chef, but we start seeing a lot of other things in life with a, with a Tango lens or the Tango context or our mindset. We start seeing that in a lot of other things or become sort of a way of understanding other things we do in life. So uh, being a personal chef, do you kind of see like, I don't know, apply a Tango mentality to your cooking or, or vice versa? Um, <laughs> I think there's there's something about people who do tango that I'm going to use very broad blanket statement. Mm-hmm. We have a minor obsession with perfection and yeah. we don't give up. <laughs> and so I, I think mm-hmm. the the practice of repetitive movement, of of precision, of the pursuit of beauty, those mm-hmm. things go across any art form and I would say, you know, culinary arts is right there with it. I you know, I put care into the food that I prepare and mm-hmm. it brings me great joy knowing that, like I said, of, of passing good energy, I am putting this love and this care into preparing this meal that I know will be nourishing my clients so they can have ha- healthier bodies and feel better about themselves and ultimately live a healthier life. And I think that sort of passing on of that mm-hmm. energy to your partner when you dance, it's the same thing. We want, we want to leave our partner and the people around us in a better space space than when we first encountered them yeah yeah nice yeah minor perfection minor obsession with perfection yeah yeah exactly (laughs) just a little that's great good good like me what are what are plans you have with um um other with the other adventures of you know not just with with dancing but with yeah the other creating the bombs and then so forth you have any other other ideas floating around in your head Mm, that's a good question. What do I have in store for the future? I wish I knew. Okay, that's <laughs> I, all right. Yeah. I, something that brings me great joy is the process of creation. And so I'm never bored. I'm always creating something new. So I would say for the moment, it's really getting these balms to a place that mm-hmm. I can distribute them better. Nice. I've had some really nice focused study groups amongst friends and family and clients that I was asking them about their feedback. And so mm. I think we're ready to roll out production soon. And it's on a, a very small, small scale because um, all of the herbs that I select and the extraction methods I use are very delicate. And mm. so I do want them to be at the utmost quality. And so mm. they will be very small batches. And so just learning more about the process of what each plant needs has been fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, to create the most nourishing formulations. And again, I, I, I was developing these for me as a dancer, as a 
portable solution to treatment, especially after dancing. I wanted something that I could toss into my bag and use yeah. over the cuts and scrapes and bruises. Our feet aren't treated very kindly in high heels yeah. for hours. <laughs> and so I was, I searched high and low for the most nourishing herbs and oils mm. that I could find in order to create these healing balms. So I'm very excited to, to be able to share that with dancers and non-dancers alike. Great. Good. Yeah, it's glad. It's great. You're, you're keeping active. I mean, that's um, especially now. I mean, a lot of it's so easy to sit back and just be depressed about what's happening, but we can't let that, you know, define our reality. We have to keep, keep moving forward. And uh, the, the introvert yeah. in me is very happy to stay in my sewing room <laughs> for this time. So I'm always brewing up a new project. So boredom, boredom in this, this little apartment hasn't been a problem. Okay. Good to know. Great. All right. Well, Dagny, thank you again so much. This has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, my son's crying. <laughs> he was born last August, little guy, little, little goofball. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so where do we find out more about you online? It's easiest to keep up with me on Facebook. You can okay. find me at Dagny Miller. And also I post all of my adventures on Instagram. So Dagny Arizona on Instagram. Okay. And Cumpercita Style on Instagram, as well as the Tango Specific Instagram. And if you want to check out the YouTube channel, it's at Dagny Arizona. Okay, great. I'll have that in our show notes so great. people will be able to look you up. Great. All right. Again, thank you again, Dagny, for taking the time to talk to me. I know you got a lot of things going on, but yeah, I think the audience will really appreciate your thoughts. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. You too. All right. That was Dagny Miller. It was good talking to her and hearing about her tango story. I really liked what she had to say about learning tango, that there's core technique we all need to learn, but then there comes a point where we have to dance in a way that's compatible with our body type. And as challenging as tango dancing is, there's no one universal ideal body type. So don't wish that you could be taller or shorter or whatever. You can pretty much dance great tango with the body you have. And as you remember, one of the most memorable things we touched upon was her horrific injury. Basically, it was a repetitive injury due to years of dancing that literally ground a hole in her foot. We talked about it a little more after the interview. It was pretty graphic. It's great that she's recovering and able to dance again. And I really liked what she said about taking her healing into her own hands. When doctors initially said that she wouldn't be able to dance again, you can imagine how devastating that was. Being told that you're not going to be able to enjoy the, the one thing that means almost everything to you, it's crazy. But instead of giving up, Dagny flat out would not accept it. So she made a concerted effort to get better. It's been a long, painful journey, and she's not 100% recovered yet, but she's come a very long way. So when faced with difficult or devastating news pertaining to your tango or health or anything else, you gotta fight. There's no guarantee that you'll get the result you want, but if you refuse to accept defeat and do everything in your power to make a comeback, you will get somewhere. You will make it to a better place. So thank you again, Dagny, for sharing your story and your thoughts and for your time. And a big thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to this show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar. Links are in the description. Thanks for your support. 
All right, you've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.